welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the episode. I am back from Europe. My last episode I recorded in Paris, which is so fun that I get to say that. Um, But I'm back in Miami and I want to talk about the rest of my trip as it relates to, you know, the travel fun and then um, the stuff that I learned along the way. I learned a lot of stuff. It's just kind of like what what I do, I guess. I'm always paying attention. I don't know that I learn more than other people. I just Maybe I just blab about it. Maybe I talk about it more. I don't know. But um, the whole trip was quite amazing. I was going to do an episode per day, but that just seemed excessive. And then I was just having too much fun being there to stop and do a whole lot of other things. So, um, And now it's so far far removed. I'm hoping that I remember everything, but we'll see, I guess. Um, so I, I talked in my last episode about my first day in Paris and um, the chapel and the stained glass windows, and it was wonderful. So day two in Paris, um, I wanted to see the Eiffel Tower again, but my friend Amanda, she created a running route for me in Paris using her Garmin app. So I don't have a Garmin. I have a Fitbit because I'm just not cool enough. Um, But Garmin has this thing where you look at a map and apparently it tells you um, based on like, it gives you a route of the most popular places that Garmin users run or something. And so she created me this route that would take me from my Airbnb around to see the greatest sites in Paris and then back to end at the Eiffel Tower. So my route ran me down um, past the Hotel de Ville along the Seine River and then popped me out on this one street that was super cool. This bridge, I don't remember what it was called. I tried to look it up, but I did so much walking and wandering, I just can't remember. But anyway, it was this one bridge that you look left and it's beautiful, and you look right and it's beautiful, and you look in front of you and it's beautiful, and then you look behind you and it's beautiful. It's so beautiful, everything is all the things there. It's near the Louvre and stuff. But And then it brought me down to the street that's the, um, so I can't pronounce French accent. I just can't do it. It's like the, and so it's the Champs Delicay or something, and then it ends down at the Arc de Triomphe, and then I ran from there to a park, which park in French and park in English sound the same. So park, and then through the park around a little lake, and then spit me out um, at the bridge that leads right to the Eiffel Tower. So perfect. So I I was gonna get up early and do that, but. Because I never really adjusted to Europe time, I ended up sleeping in super late because I was up super late because I wasn't super late in my body. So I was feeling kind of bad about that. Like, oh my gosh, I overslept and slept in, but whatever. So I hydrated, I put on my running stuff, and then here was the problem. I forgot to pack a fanny pack. And the fanny pack is really important when you're running because, um, at least for me, because I need my phone, I need my inhaler, I need my ID, I need a $20 bill. I was wrong with a $20 bill. Um, And I need a battery pack, typically. And um, I didn't have a fanny pack. All I had was running shorts that had a little pocket on each side. So, all right, I brought my inhaler. Got to have that. Brought my ID and some money. I didn't have a $20 euro note, but some money, ID, my inhaler, which ticked out funny. And then the other pocket all I could fit was my phone. So I had to be really strategic because I wanted to be gone all day and I wanted to run, but I needed my battery to last. So it was kind of a little stressful. But anyway, so I hydrated and a key to hydrate because I couldn't carry any water and I took off. So I was nervous at first to run because there was a lot of people around, which shouldn't like freak me out and stuff. Like, I don't know why that was weird to me, Um, but it was... It, it was weird. It was a Sunday. People were out milling about. And so anyway, I just started walking and then I'm like, screw this. I'm going to run. So I started running and um, I had already seen the Hotel de Ville. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty. But then um, I got to go down instead of on the street that ran parallel to the river. You could go down and run next to the water um, on like a walking path. So I got to run next to the water and the sun was shining and it was so beautiful. But the problem was it was old cobblestone and, um, my calves and my ankles were so pissed at me, but whatever. 
the day before I had gone balls to the walls and I'd eaten everything. I'd eaten all the sweets and all of the junk and all of the croissants and all the sweets. And um, I was feeling pretty, pretty bloated. And so I had on my running shorts and I had on a tank top and a sports bra and I was, it was really hot. And I was like, I didn't want to take off my shirt because I was feeling bloated. And then I was like, you know what? Screw this. It is hot and I'm in Paris and I shouldn't be thinking about what my belly looks like. I should be enjoying myself. So I took my shirt off and I ran and it was just so beautiful. The sun was shining and I was, I love to run. I was running. Um, that was my Forrest Gump impersonation. Anyway, it was wonderful. And so I got to where the bridge was where I was supposed to turn and I got up there and I stopped and that's when I looked around and noticed that. It was beautiful to my left. It was beautiful to my right. It was beautiful in front of me. And it was beautiful behind me. And I was just hit with running endorphins and joy. Because I, I, I was like, look where I am. I could see the Eiffel Tower in the distance. And I, I, I had promised that I would dance all over Paris. And so I didn't have anything to set my phone on. So I had to wad up my shirt and set my phone on the ground. And I just put the video on and put music on and I just started dancing my stupid like weird seizure looking dance called the Chrissy and I was dancing and I was giggling and I did not care that people were staring at me because they they 100% were and um I just I was so happy I can't even describe it just such glee and then I just turned on my favorite Britney Spears song which is a song called overprotected and you know I was pretty overprotected growing up and then I was married and I was pretty uh, overprotected and oppressed. And so I love that song because it's it's just a power anthem. If you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it. And um, I don't want nobody telling me just what I'm going to do with my destiny. It's just so empowering. So I was playing it out loud and I was dancing on the bridge in front of everyone and punching the sky and looking around and giggling and crying. People thought I was completely nuts, but whatever. I had such a moment. It was so beautiful. So then I got that out of my system and I started running again and I ran and I just exulted. And it was only a few blocks away that I came to the Champs de Lise. Um, I don't know how many miles I'd gone by now, but it was, I don't know, like three or four miles or something. And so I ran there and turned and I started running down the street and I understood all of a sudden why people talk about this street. Cause I didn't know anything about Paris when I went except the Eiffel tower. And it's basically like the Michigan mile in Chicago. Uh, that's the closest thing that I've ever seen that looks like it, but just a wide, beautiful street. Um, uh, at the end is the Arc de, Arc de Triomphe, whatever. And then it's beautiful restaurants and beautiful stores and it's Sunday so people were lined up to get tables at brunch and I here's me running and um just running with glee and I play my music out loud like an ice cream truck and I just started to just feel that euphoria bubbling up and it was just joyful and I'm running and I'm running and I'm seeing all these people waiting in line to get into Louis Vuitton and waiting in line to get into Dior and waiting in line to get into all of these fancy schmancy flagship um Paris stores and waiting in line to eat at, um, I don't remember, there's this one restaurant there that there was a huge line to get into. And um, I just, I just had this epiphany because the day before I was eating so much, so much junk and so much junk. And I was like, that nothing that I ate, sorry for the noise. My dog is chewing on a Kong on my lap. It's the only way I can keep him from making a lot of noise, I guess. Anyway, I was like, there's nothing in these stores and there's nothing being served at these tables that can touch what I'm feeling right now. And not to say that everybody needs to go for a run, but I chose to spend time with myself doing something that I love that wasn't food related, moving my body, seeing the sights. I was in heaven. And I was like, that's what I didn't understand. And when I'm not really basking in the now and really connecting with myself, I'm looking for food to heighten my experiences. And sometimes I've done that with shopping too. I'm looking to buy something to give myself some joy. Or I'm looking to eat something to make something fun. And really, when I spend time with little Chrissy, when I spend time with my inner self, when I spend time doing things, living, action verb living, that actually, it actually fills me up. It's not something that is empty. I'm still riding the high of that run. And it was just so overwhelming. I actually stopped on the corner and I did a little Instagram post about it because it just... I was 400 pounds sitting on the couch, eating myself into oblivion, as I like to say, 
eating, eating. I was so excited when I was no longer full just a little bit so that I could eat some more. I lived from bite to bite. I lived, lived from pizza to pizza and Chinese box to donut box to Oreo box. That's all I cared about. That was the only pleasure that I had. And I was so large I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything else. And so that was it. And now I get the opportunity to run down the streets in Paris and feel euphoria, feel light and free and happy. And there was no food on my plate. I wasn't thinking about food. I wasn't looking to buy something. It was just joy. Oh, that was available. That's available to each and every one of us all the time. It's hard because it's it's not in a package. It's not in a pretty box. It's not in a foil wrapper. We got to go get it. We got to get up and move and go get it. Whether it's leaving the house to take a class or to um, indulge in a hobby or to talk to somebody or to just play with the kids or cook a meal or engage with someone or you know, do work. Whatever it is that's not food that actually feeds your soul, that's the thing that's always accessible to us. Now, obviously, we have to eat it. And I'm certainly not of the mind that having name brands and nice things is evil. But it just became so clear to me, like all of those things are empty and everybody lining up for all those things. How many of them are doing that because there is a big empty gaping hole and they're filling it with something? I wanted to go up to everybody and say, did you know that the feeling that you're chasing is accessible to you without going in the door, without ordering and putting it on the plate? It's accessible right there. And if you know that, then fine, enjoy all the things. But if you don't know that, I want you to know that. And I want you to try to experience that more and more and more. So it was so powerful. It was so beautiful. I stood there and I looked at the Arc de Triomphe. That was better. Um, here's me putting a Spanish accent on a, a try. And it was just, it was amazing. Um, it, it, I don't know if you could go up on top of it, but you can. So anyway, I basked for a little while and then it was time to turn. Um, my route brought me um, down this really lovely gravel street, which was nice to run on because it's less impact, and into a park. And there was so many different entrances to the park. I got really turned around, but eventually I got into this park and there was this beautiful lake in the middle and I was able to run along the shore of this lake and there were people in rowboats having a date. There were people on the banks of the water having a picnic. There were doggies. Though there aren't that many dogs in Paris or in London either. Here, I mean, everybody has a dog. Everybody has a dog. You see 500 dogs in the morning. Everybody's out with a dog. And there I saw so few dogs. But in the park, I saw a few dogs and it was so fun. The um, King Charles Spaniel is really, really, really popular, which is um, Gus's mommy was a King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. And then there were policemen on horseback and it was super fun. It was beautiful. It was a waterfall. It was a little, there was a little pond where people were using remote control speedboats and going around buoys. And then it was just, it was so idyllic. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. So by this time I was getting a little bit tired, but I ran out of the park and on the other side of this little bridge, there was a fair. So you, if you know me, you know, I love fairs. I love fairs so much. And it was like a, like a weekend carnival full of rides and stuff. And so I wandered over there. You didn't need any money to get in, so I just walked through there. And it was so fun to see a Parisian carnival. So the food vendors were so different than the U.S. There was crepes and waffles. People eat a lot of waffles, like big old waffle with yummy things on it, which I'm not, um, I'm not mad about. Um, and then big like gyro meat and pizza, and interest, interesting things. And then lots of rides and games of skill. And I got stared at. I put my shirt on because I didn't want to like be offensive. But I walked all through there. I was actually looking for a bathroom. Well, they had one, but you had to pay. I was like, what's going on? In Paris, that was the way it was. You had to pay for a bathroom or go into a restaurant and ask to use their bathrooms. It's weird because in the U.S., there are bathrooms everywhere. And there are garbage cans everywhere. And in Europe, there are neither anywhere. So you just don't pee. And then if you have garbage, you carry it with you to your own house or something. And so the result is the streets are clean and the corners are clean and there isn't the smell of like human excrement everywhere because it just does, I don't know where people do it or if they're just not doing it. But I drink a lot and I couldn't find a place to pee. So, and I wasn't, I just was like, I'm not paying to go to the bathroom. And I'm asking people, um, bathroom, they stare at me. Um, WC, water closet, no. Um, baño, so I try Spanish, like an idiot. Baño, no, okay. Um, oh, toilet, In the, ah, yeah, yeah, over there. And like, it's what was it like? I think it was two euro or something to pee. No, I will hold it. 
I'm sorry. So anyway, I was walking out of the carnival and I saw a balloon artist. I never run into balloon artists in the US or in Miami. And there was a clown folding balloons and doing face painting. And I was so excited. I'm like, oh my goodness, my little inner Chrissy is having so much fun. There was face painting and there was rides and pretty, pretty face painting and balloon animals. I was so excited. Well, then I saw one of the rides was the swings. Like it's a big swing set thing and it goes in a big circle. And I love to swing on the swing set. And I thought, all right, I'm going to go on this ride. So I went up to the ticket booth and, um, it was like it said six tickets, so I wanted to buy six tickets. And all I had, I didn't have that much cash with me. And um, I tried to give him my money, and he kept shaking his head. And I'm like, this is surely, I mean, I, I think I gave him a 20 euro uh, coin or something, or I don't know. And it wasn't enough. And I'm like, what's going on? And so I get my Google Translate out, and I typed, I just want to ride the swings right there, one ride. And he looked at it, and he started laughing, and he pointed at me like, you? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, Basically, he made the gestures to say, no, you're too big. I'm like, oh, I'm not too big. That's not nice. But I'm too big. Well, let me read it. So lame. So, okay, fine. So all these kids are leaving crying. And there's me, not visibly crying, but inside. I was having such a temper tantrum. I wanted to look at those kids and be like, oh, no, this is stupid that we have to leave. But you got cotton candy, so shut up. Like, why are you crying? Anyway, I didn't say that. But I wanted to so but that was so fun and then I walked for a little while longer and I looked up and there was the Eiffel Tower and it was I was coming at it from the other side that I had been to it the night before and so um it was really beautiful and I'm walking along and I'm like this time I'm like I need a bathroom and I know there's no bathrooms at the Eiffel Tower anywhere that I saw so there's this big park and I thought okay in this park there will be bathrooms because it's giant I have to have a toilet there's kids there kids have to potty so I'm walking around. I'm dying. I need, I need to pee so bad. Um, I'd also stopped at a grocery store earlier um, after, the, after the carnival to get some food to eat because there was nothing really open in the little areas I was walking because it was Sunday. So I got some apples and some lunch meat and I made some little lunch meat roll-ups and I had gone in there hoping to use their bathroom. No, there's no bathroom. I'm like, where is there a bathroom? Like, mm, cafe? I don't know. They didn't care. They were not... A, I want to be like, you have a bathroom because you're an employee and they have to have a bathroom for you. And so I know you're lying, but it didn't say that. I just said, thank you very much. And I said, um, merci, merci. So, so French I am. Anyway, so I'd eaten all this stuff and I'm carrying this bag and I had another big thing of water, but I didn't want to drink it because I had to potty. So anyway, so I'm starting to get desperate. So I see a set of stairs. I go up the stairs. Well, up at the top of the stairs is where this big mall area where people gather to take amazing photos of the Eiffel Tower. There it was. And guess what else was up there? There was another balloon artist. He was delightful. He's making balloon animals. And so I'm like, well, I'll come back. I, I got to find a bathroom. So I finally found a porta potty bathroom. It was disgusting. It's tucked under a bridge. Um, I used the entire roll of TP to cover the entire seat and put a whole bunch in there to cover up everything that was happened previously because I couldn't stand it. Um, held my breath. I got through it. I would normally, normally I would say I will hold it for six weeks before I use a porta potty. But actually that's not true. I will hold it for about six hours and then I will take matters into my own hands, waste a whole thing of TP and handle things. I'm sorry I'm talking about this, but... Ugh, I shudder. And they don't have like a, you can even wash your hands. You use those things and you can't even wash your hands. They have hand sanitizers. So you can just, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. So I went back up the stairs to the balloon artist and I went up to him and I used my Google translate and I said, I fold balloons too. And he laughed. He didn't believe me. And so I pointed at his balloons and, um, and then I typed again. I said, I like to make monkeys in flowers. And he read it and he nodded and he started to make me a monkey and a flower. And so he made me a balloon monkey. It wasn't as cute as my balloon monkeys. And then he made a little flower and put it in there. And I was so, it was so nice. And then I had him hold it and I asked with by gestures if I could have a balloon. And I took his balloon pump and I made him a monkey. And while I was making the monkey, he made a little, little bouquet of banana for the monkey to hold. It was so much fun. So then he understood that I was indeed a talented and skilled American balloon artist visiting Paris. And we had a lovely moment of hand gestures and thumbs ups and Google translates. 
and we took a picture together and it was just so fun. It just delighted me so much. I really, it was like spending a day with my inner child, just doing all the things that delighted my little girl heart. And I love balloon. I love balloon art. That's why I started doing it. So it was funny because the day before I got a balloon at the donut shop and then I bought a balloon with lights in it at the Eiffel Tower. And then I got a monkey balloon holding a flower at the Eiffel Tower the next day. So it was like balloons became the theme of my trip. So I grabbed my treasures and I started walking toward the Eiffel Tower and there's a bridge that leads up to it. And it was full of people and it was really fun. And this, these guys asked me to take their picture with their phone, which was awesome because then I could say, oh, can you do mine? So I got a really fun picture um, of the Eiffel Tower there. And then on the other side of the bridge, what was there, you ask? You didn't ask, but I'm telling you, there was a merry-go-round, a carousel with like the horses that go up and down, and I wasn't too big to ride. So I bought myself a ticket, and I got on there, and I got to ride it, and it was so much fun to be on a merry-go-round at the base of the Eiffel Tower. And they are not stupid. They had a photographer who came around and took the pictures of every kid and grown kid on the carousel and then they had a little kiosk where they put your picture up and you could buy it and i'm like yes please i will have the picture well they spoke english and the photographer was so sweet he goes oh the eiffel tower isn't in the background um of yours come here i'll i'll take better pictures so he led me over to this little grassy area put a little mat down so he could kneel and he took an amazing picture of me with the eiffel tower and then he threw that in for free so i bought my pictures 20 euro for two printed pictures. La di da. So freaking happy. I'm telling you, this girl, so happy. So um, I went back to the Eiffel Tower. I walked around a little bit. And then um, I walked all the way back to my hotel. <sighs> and it was so lovely. And I was so tired. But, um, you know, it was the night was young. I needed to go back and see the Eiffel Tower sparkle. So I had time for a quick little um, bite to eat. I had time for a quick little rinse. I actually took a shower. And then I had already planned out my outfit for Eiffel Tower visit number two, which was a sparkly silver skirt and this really cute black top and um, tall, inappropriately tall shoes. So um, I, it, it, was, it was amazing to be like, I'm getting dressed to go to the Eiffel Tower. And so I got, and I, I it, you don't understand. Like, it's like, hey, um, I'm going to get dressed and go to Target. Like, oh, I'm going to get dressed and go to the Eiffel Tower. So, anyway, so I went to the Eiffel Tower. And this time, I didn't miss the sparkle. So, it sparkles every hour for 10 minutes starting at 10 p.m. And so, 10 p.m., 11 p.m., midnight, and then 1 o'clock, it's the last time it sparkles. And so, I didn't get there for 10 o'clock, but I got there by midnight. And I got to see the Eiffel Tower sparkle for 10 minutes at midnight. And it was so freaking magical. It's magical. And my phone, I had managed to keep juice going on it, like for my run. I had had to conserve, conserve, conserve because I had to make it last. I managed to get home with 1% left after being gone all day and after running. I think I ran 11 miles. Um, but I hadn't been able to charge it completely. So I have a lot of juice. So I was annoying because I wanted to take a billion pictures and I couldn't. But anyway... It was so magical. And then walked over to a little corner cafe on the street corner and had a Parisian dinner. I had an omelet, which me me and eggs, we like to hang out. Gosh, Gus, Gus is going nuts on this Kong treat. If you don't have a Kong for your dog, you're missing out. Um, he's an aggressive chewer and this is indestructible. It's the only indestructible thing on the face of the planet for him. Anyway, um, sat down, a, a wonderful omelet, and then my first experience with escargot escargot is snails that are cooked with so much butter and garlic it's insane but they come out on this little plate just like in pretty woman you get these little like tong thingies that holds the snail still because it's slippery little bugger and then you have a little fork that pulls the snail out so the waiter showed how to do it and then you just stab it with a fork pull it out eat it it's amazing. It tastes kind of like a clam or like a mussel. It's like that texture. It's so good. And then you take a piece of crusty bread and you dip it in the butter and garlic that just poured out and then you eat it. And then you thank God that you were born 
you thank God that you were born and that all roads led to that moment and that you're alive in that moment and that every single thing you've been through in your life was worth it so that you could eat escargot in Paris while the Eiffel Tower sparkled. Nothing. I don't think there's a thing that could be cooler ever. I don't know. I say that a lot. It was the coolest. It was the greatest. Well, up until that moment, it was the greatest. And it was, and it remains really high on the list. So it was so, so, so amazing. So then it was kind of late. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to walk home. I'm not going to take the the metro. So decided to hail a cab. So there's a cab. I get in the cab. I say, I don't have cash. Do you take card? He said, no, but I can take you to an ATM. I said, okay. So he pulls up like a block away and pulls over and there's an ATM. So go up there. The ATM, it says it's something like it won't dispense cash. It doesn't have money. So I come back like, oh, it's not, it's not working. And he's like, really? What? Okay. There's one up here. What's one up here? So I get back in the car. He goes another block, another ATM. And this is like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. You know, I'm still in Miami time though. It's early. Go up to that ATM, same message. There is no money in it or it's like won't dispense. So I come back. I'm like, no, it doesn't work. And he thought at this point he didn't understand. So he gets out of the car. He gets up there. Um, looks at it while someone else is trying to get money. He's like, look, 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 it's worked. Like, you know, I got this for you. Well, it didn't work for her. And then he was able to read it. He's like, oh, okay. So we drive another couple of blocks. By this time, I'm like, you're like getting me almost home. We can just keep doing this and I don't have to pay you. But anyway, go up to an ATM. It doesn't work. But there's a guy next to it who speaks English. I'm like, oh, thank God. Do you know where there's an ATM? And he's like, I think across the street. I'll walk with you. So we walk across the street. Bazinga. I get cash. Anyway, 40 euro to go three miles. That cab driver got me so good. Whatever. I just needed to get home safely. My Airbnb was in this really awesome place. It was a, like right in the hustle and bustle of the third neighborhood. <laughs> but I certainly didn't want to be walking there that late at night. So anyway, it was worth it to be safe. So all in all, it was just such a beautiful, amazing, wonderful, perfect day in Paris. And just such a reminder that spending time with myself, taking care of myself, doing the things that delight my heart is always the way to go versus just eating my way through life. And I've had to learn that lesson so many times. I think we all do. Like we we do something fun and we want to heighten the experience with food and we want to indulge and like, I want to go on vacation and I'm going to eat whatever I want. Why can't we just go on vacation? You know, I've, I've overcome this before and really gotten food into a healthier place where it's like, it's just food. But this past year of competing and dieting and a year and a half, I guess, has put that hyper attention on food again in such a way that's just, you know, I'm out of sync. I'm out of harmony again. And so I needed to relearn that, that this was a heightened, amazing, terrific experience. And I didn't need to eat sweets and treats all day and eat everything in front of my face in order to enjoy my experience. So that was a really good lesson for me to learn. So the next day was my last day in Paris and I decided to wander. So I got up a little bit earlier and um, just decided to wander and just see what I could see. I kind of wanted to go back to some of the areas that I had you know, run by really fast, uh, but I started on the road that I was on and I just kind of shopped a little bit and they had such interesting stores and I just wanted to be very, I wanted to stay with this whole idea of being very Chrissy. And so I found some fluffy ponytail holders that were really cute and um, just some little things. And I just walked and I have no idea. I couldn't tell you anything about where I went because I just, I'd see a corner and I'd look down the street and it'd be beautiful. And I would just go down that street. And then I come to another corner and like all these streets come to a point where there'll be a little circle and there'll be five or six streets that come to that little circle and a lot of those have these little corner cafes and, and restaurants and some of them up on like the facade they'll have all of these flowers so there'll just be this beautiful burst of flowers and it's so pretty so I was walking around um the area near I think it's the Ritz maybe um is like super bougie and posh and there's a Starbucks and don't judge me but when I'm away from home I love Starbucks because it feels like a little bit of familiarity it feels grounding and so I went to Starbucks I got a coffee it was so lovely to just have a coffee and walk and I decided that I was going to eat Parisian food I, um, I had a list of things I, so I'd had escargot I'd had all the pastries 
but I wanted to have a day of savory food, no sweets. And so um, I walked and just looked around and there was this one store, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a big ass department store, like fancy schmancy, like Saks or Nordstrom or something. Um, or I don't even know if there's something bigger than that. I guess Nordstrom. But it was such cool aesthetic on the outside. It was all lit up and it was green. And so I walked in there and I just walked around and rode all the escalators up to every floor and just walked around and it was so pretty. And every single brand that was there, there was a salesperson who just stared at me like, what the hell are you doing in here? I'm in my like tennis shoes and my little ruffly skirt. And I wasn't wearing my beret that day, but um, uh, I had my fun sunglasses and I just walked around. It was, I've never seen a store that had Louis Vuitton in it and um dolce and gabbana and like other stuff i don't know but it was all the super cool brands that you know the society has agreed upon have value which i don't know a sweater is a sweater okay but um i mean if that's your thing knock yourself out it's not my thing if i had gobs of money maybe it'd be my thing but i'll just wait till i have gobs of money and then i'll let you know we'll circle back to that conversation but in the meantime i have no desire for it um it's but it's so cool to see you know i don't in minnesota there was some of that stuff but it wasn't like you know, Minnesota just, there isn't a lot of that because there isn't a lot of high fashion or, I don't know, there's nothing going on there, really. I mean, sorry, don't to me to offend you, but if you live in Minnesota, you don't need Dolce & Gabbana for stuff. Maybe you need Dolce & Gabbana so that when you leave Minnesota and go somewhere to do something, you need to have something to wear, but there's nowhere in Minnesota that you need to go that you need to have some D&G. It's just, at least nobody told me there was. I digress. So by this time I'm getting really hungry and I it was lunchtime and I get I was really intimidated the whole trip to go to a sidewalk cafe because they're full of people they seat you right next to each other facing the street which is so fun except when you're by yourself and everyone's staring at you because you look like what I just described and everyone in Paris is cool. So I really wanted like a giant salad with some salmon on it and then I wanted to some like beef tartare or something very Parisian. And so I'm walking past restaurants and I'm seeing people eating just that. And then instead of sitting down, I'd be like, oh, no, I'm just not going to go there. And it was super awkward. Finally, I was so hungry. I just picked one and I sat down. Well, it was one that was geared toward tourists. Unfortunately, I, I chose wrong. I waited and got desperate. So I sit down and at the same time, this other girl was sat next to me and she appeared to be um she was asian i don't really i'm not gonna guess what continent like or what country she specifically was from but she spoke english but she was clearly a tourist as well so that okay i would have talked to her she did not look at me she did not want me anywhere near talking to her she was very cold was very sad but anyway so i look at the menu i'm like all right awesome escargot i'm having escargot and they had beef tartare which i like beef tartare there's a place in saint paul that has this really amazing beef tartare and they put it on a giant brick of pink himalayan salt and so it soaks up the salt it's freaking amazing so anyway i ordered it and um i'm sitting there i'm all ready for my escargot i'm like let's escargot man the guy the waiter comes back and said i'm sorry we don't have it I was so mad. I was, it, it, there was no reason to be as mad as I was. I overreacted in my head. I didn't make a scene. I didn't, he didn't even, I just kind of pouted it a little bit on my face. But inside I was like, no! Like, I just kept screaming it in my head. Like, this is the most unjust thing ever. So whatever. So he brought a thing of peanuts. Th thanks. Yeah, I'll just eat peanuts. Totally the same. Peanuts in a little cup. Gus, calm your, calm down. Peanuts in a little cup. Oh, with some olives. That's exactly what I wanted instead of buttery, garlicky snails. You got it. Thank, thanks. Merci, monsieur, 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 whatever. Bonjour, not bonjour. Whatever. Thank you, sir. But I was, I coped just fine. I was just hangry, really hangry. So I was so excited when they were bringing my actual food and it was a giant mound of unflavored, un-anything, ice cold hamburger meat with an egg yolk on top of it. And then next to it was the flavors and seasonings that I'm used to having in my beef tartare. So there's a little pile of onions, a little baby pile of capers, some little like grass, and then um, some little, what else was there? Oh, and then I got a little squirt bottle of mustard, a squirt bottle of ketchup. There were some french fries. Thank Jesus. Um, 
And here you go. Bon, bon, bon appetit. Yeah, thanks. What the actual hell is this? This isn't like anything I've had, but whatever. One in Paris. So excellent. Let's just be bold and brave. So I put some of the stuff in the stuff and like took a big bite. No, absolutely not. It was, there was no flavor. There was no flavor. Even the little, no, it was a fail. There was nothing going on there. I was like, this is awful. Um, I ate enough just so I'd stop being um, hangry. I ate all oh, my French fries. French fries turns out amazing in France. They're they're amazing. They just I didn't have one bad fry. Whatever. So I stopped being upset about the food because I was wildly entertained by the girl next to me because she had ordered the special, which I had thought about ordering, but I thought it was a little too predictable and not not risky enough for the tourist in me. But her food looked amazing. It was asparagus and then a beautiful flank steak covered in like gravy. And she was going to town. She cut this big bite and then she'd chew it and she'd chew it and she'd chew it. She took a video of her food and then she spit that steak right out on her plate. Just a little wad chewed up beef. Then she cut off another piece and chewed it and chewed it and chewed it, Instagrammed it a little bit. And then she right off her, just like she didn't even like do it delicately, spit it out right on her plate. That's right, Gus. That's what she did. And so she maybe ate and swallowed a couple times, but otherwise she just chewed up her steak and left it in these little wadded up bites on her plate. And like, what the hell is wrong with you? Where did you come from? She wasn't American, but she spoke English. Um, she was teeny tiny. She was dressed to the nine. She was super cute, but she don't eat. Apparently she just she ate her veggies. I saw that. By this time, I'm just gawking. I mean, I'm, she's literally next to me. I could have, I could have, she could have put her head on my shoulder. That's how close she was. Uh, and I can't not see this. I can't, I cannot not see this. It was wildly entertaining and disgusting as hell. She ordered coffee. I was going to order coffee, but I'm like, I'm hungry. I got to go find food now that I'm done eating. So whatever, paid the bill. He's like, was it okay? I'm like, Sure. Monsieur, it's fine. And he looks at me with this knowing look like, ah, stupid American, didn't know what they were going to get. And I wish I could have spoken French because I would be like, no, listen, it's not that I don't like raw meat. I'm not scared of your tartare. I ordered it knowing what it was. However, you effed it up. It's not my fault. I am not an unsophisticated person. But I didn't say any of that. I just was like, merci, merci. And then I crossed the street to a pre-a-major, pre, pre pret-a-manger. Pret those are everywhere over there. Got myself a coffee and then basked in the beauty of what I was seeing. And then something interesting happened. I was sitting there and I logged into my internet. I got some Wi-Fi and I started looking at some stuff, some work. And I got all stressed out. All stressed out looking at my bills, looking at my income, looking at my work, looking at all the work I needed to do, looking at some problems I needed to fix on one of my websites. And I was just totally consumed. So I'm sitting there on a beautiful afternoon in Paris on my phone, working, stressing, doing math, figuring out, putting stuff on my calendar, uh, trying to figure out why some of my clients didn't pay, trying to figure out um, you know, when I need to pay certain things, like I'm doing my budget sitting on the streets of Paris. And there's, is there anything that I can do in that moment to change anything that's happening in my business with my website? No, I can't log in and fix the website. I can't log in and like check up on invoices. I don't even have enough Wi-Fi to like circle back with people and say, hi, just to remind you your invoices do. No, I just sat there and got myself in a tizzy. And then I realized all of this, like, Hey idiot, you're sitting on the streets of Paris it's the most beautiful day ever. You have one more day to be in this beautiful city, the dream of your life. I think it's time to dance. That's what I do. So I got up, I put on my music, my song, my theme song of this trip is a mashup of Elton John and Britney Spears, Hold Me Closer. So it's Hold Me Closer, Tiny Dancer. And uh, it's amazing. I guess it's not a mashup. It's just them singing together. And the words to it, just, I resonate with me so much. Like, I think of my little inner child is dancing. And so anyway, I put it on and I just started to like traipse down the street, happy, 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 completely forgot about my worries, connected with my inner self and started to again bask in the gorgeous beauty of Paris. It was just spectacular. Again, why? Because I got out of my head. And I got present with where I was. 
another lesson that I just seem to have to learn over and over and over again. It's ridiculous. But I found this cute little tiny bakery and I'm like, all right, I need to have some quiche Lorraine. I have not had that since I've been here. That's the last thing on my Paris food list. So I got this beautiful slice of the most delicious quiche Lorraine. The eggs were so fluffy and then there was this amazing ham in there and that the crust was like the best pie crust ever. It was just so delightful. So I had some little protein. I had a little pastry. It was amazing. So I was fully back in to happy land with that experience. So I continued to wander, continued to wander. And then I ended up back at the Champs-Élysées at that big street. And I was able to walk around like I had not been able to on my run. And I went to the Arc de Triomphe and I stood there and I had my music on and I just stood there and looked at it and I just watched the people and then I just looked at it. So at the top of this thing, there's all these faces carved in. I don't know what they mean because I don't know stuff about stuff, but it's an arc of triumph, right? That's got to be what it stands for. I'm guessing that's what it's called. So triumph. So I started looking at all of this and I just start again, I'm making an analogy out of everything. It's like, what are my triumphs? My triumphs are the clients that I've helped, the people that I've loved on, the lives that I've changed, and all the ones that I aim to. I mean, that's my goal. My goal is not to to build like anything tangible. My goal is to impact and change lives. I feel it in my gut. It's like everything I dream about. I dream about the eyes change, the faces change. That's what I dream about. And so I'm sitting there, I'm looking at these, and I start picturing that those are the faces of my clients. And my client, Diana, her face came into my head and I just thought, oh, I have changed Diana's life. And Diana has changed my life. She's given so much back to me with her encouragement. And like, I just love, love, love. I love her. And so I quickly grabbed my phone with my Marco and I showed it to her. I was like, Diana, your face is up there. And it was so fun to just bring her into that moment and tell her how proud I was of her and thank her for being in, for trusting me and being in my programs and being in my world. It was so amazing. And so I just, I just had such a beautiful experience and I danced there and I didn't care that people were watching me I danced and it was awesome and then this guy walked up and wanted to meet me and said I was a beautiful American and I left because you know men in France super forward super forward I don't get hit on like very rarely do I get hit on it just doesn't really happen and so you know I don't I don't think that I'm not attractive but I certainly don't think I'm like hot um because I don't get that feedback and you know people I've dated have said oh yes you're beautiful well that's very kind but you're dating me so I mean I don't think I'm ugly but I certainly don't walk around thinking I'm hot but in France I felt that way because they told me holy buckets it was crazy but anyway he was annoying so I was like oh gotta go my friends are waiting so anyway I left and uh ended up taking the metro back to my Airbnb because I was tired and I needed to get to the Eiffel Tower because it was my last night so got back to my to my flat, um, had a little snack, and then um, it's like, all right, what am I gonna wear my last night to the Eiffel Tower? I gotta wear my beret, and I'm just gonna wear I'm just gonna wear uh, my tank top dress that I brought from Old Navy because it makes me feel very comfortable and it's stretchy. So off I went. I uh, took the how did I get there? I forget. Did I walk? I don't even remember. No, I didn't. I took the I took the metro. I took the metro to the Eiffel Tower and it's like walking up to that thing. I don't care. I don't care if you live there all the time. I'm guessing that it's just never not magnificent. So I got there and I just walked to the center of the the grassy area in front of it. And I just stood there and there was this guy that was there every night with a guitar playing beautiful music. And I just kind of stood near him and listened to him sing. And there was these three girls that had been there the other nights too, who clearly were in love with him. And he was talking to them. And then he had this song that he sang every night and it was pretty catchy. And one of the girls, or a different girl came up and started to sing it. He, his eyes got big and he put his guitar down and he came over, he said, you know my song and she's like yeah i i was here the other night and i love it and he goes that means it works that means it works i'm that means you remembered it it's a that makes me so happy and so he was so delighted that his song that he wrote that he's been singing he i don't know how many times it's happened but he got to see somebody sing his song maybe it was the first time i don't know but it was so cool to see that man's face light up with joy that his song caught and he got to see her sing it. It was so cool. 
Oh, it was so cool. So the annoying thing about this area is it's full, full of men with big buckets full of ice, full of champagne, beer, and wine. And they walk around and ask you billions of times, beer, champagne, wine, beer, champagne, wine. And if they aren't talking to you, one of their friends who has a whole bunch of light up sparkling little tchotchke Eiffel Towers, uh, you know, ma'am, one euro, one euro. And they don't say, they don't take no. So I'm crying, basking, laughing, walking around at least 50 times. At least 50 times. And finally, this one guy came up and he did it again. I said, listen, no, you asked me 100 times. He goes, I'll ask you 200. And he kept walking. I was like, asshole. I know they're just trying to make a living. The problem is I wanted one, but I wasn't going to give them the satisfaction. But next time I go, I'm going to bring like a whole bag of money, a whole bag of euros. And every single time I get asked, I'm going to say yes. And by the time I leave, I'm going to see how many times I said yes and see how many I buy. If I say yes to everything, I'm going to say yes every time. That's what I'm going to do. Anyway, I stayed and I watched it sparkle and I waited another hour and I watched it sparkle and then I was real hungry. So by this time it was one or by this time it was midnight. And um, so it was kind of dark. And so I walked to a different corner nearby to have dinner. It's my last night there. And so I walked up And most of the places stop serving food, but this one place, they still serve food. So they set me up right on the street in my little own table facing the Eiffel Tower. And I ordered escargot and a salad. The waiter was so nice. So it was super late and there wasn't many people around anymore. The waiter, when I walked up, he saw me and he came right over and put me at a table and um, he was really, really kind. And he said, "Are, are you alone? And I didn't know how to answer that because I didn't. And he said, you know, this place is really, really safe around here up until about the time you're going to be done leaving. So you should plan on an Uber or something because it's just not safe. So he was perfectly safe a little while ago, but when you're done eating, you need to be smart. I thought that was so nice. So he was so nice. He got my order completely wrong. I forgave him because I wanted the seafood salad and he gave me a Caesar salad, which I would never, ever eat on purpose, but whatever. Anyway, I got to have escargot. I got to have escargot one more time and it was so delicious. And I sat there and I watched the Eiffel Tower sparkle at 1 a.m. eating escargot in my raspberry beret by myself with a beautiful summer breeze. It was heaven, heaven. And then I ate my salad and then I called an Uber and all the Ubers, they don't have Ubers there like they do here. Like you have to wait a really long time. So eventually a giant Mercedes van for 15 people pulled up and I got in and they took me home. Uh, But it was the most perfect way to end my time in Paris. I failed to mention. So when I was looking at the Eiffel Tower, when I was standing in front of it, I was fielding all of these beer, wine, champagne, um, and these little tchotchkes. But um, I had a harder time fielding off the men. I'm not saying this because I'm self-serving. I'm saying this because it was crazy. Men came over to me. Um, I don't know, every few minutes. Hi, may I, may I ask you a question? I should have just learned to say like, no, but may I ask you a question? Sure. Are you, where are you from? And the broken English, some of them couldn't speak. Sometimes it was two and they would interpret. Basically I was beautiful. They wanted to take me out. They asked if I was dating or if I was married. And it was so much that I just started saying, yeah, yes, I'm married. But then they would say, yeah, well, he's not here. And so then I started be, yes, he is. He's in the car. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Have a good night. Thank you. So um, by the end of the night, I don't know how many men I had to tell that my husband was waiting in the car for them to leave me alone. It was not terrible on my ego. It was super fun. I felt very feminine and very, it, it made me feel very pretty in but I did it looked pretty in my beret so uh you can't get used to that that's just a French thing I'm apparently beautiful in France in Miami my butt's not big enough and I'm too tall and I'm definitely uh I'm I don't know I just don't fit here but whatever it doesn't matter um anyway so that was fun so getting the uber to go home was also a relief just because there was like there was way more men than women around and anyway so that waiter was really really kind I wouldn't have known that because I walked that area every single night and every single day that I was there and I didn't feel any issues, but I hadn't ever been there that that late. So it was very kind of him. Um, terrible waiter, but really, really kind soul. So that ended my night in Paris. The next day I had to get up early, get to the airport, um, get on my flight to London, and which is what I did. So uh, Paris was just, it was a dream. 
it was a dream come true. Now I believe truly anything is possible. And so if I have one word to all of you, it is to dream. Dream. Dream big because it's always better than you imagine. Dreams do come true. Visualize it. Like live in the state of the wish fulfilled. I, I, I am going to go back to the Eiffel Tower with my sister. I cannot wait to watch the Eiffel Tower sparkle with my sister. It's going to happen. I saw it. I visualized it. I know exactly what her face is going to look like when I bounce, bounce, bounce. Come on, over here. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. There it is. She's going to look at me with this look like, okay, because, you know, I'm ridiculous and she is not. Um, but I've already visualized all of that and I just can't wait to see her bask with the sparkles of the Eiffel Tower. That's what it means to dream. Dream it, live in it, envision it, every single detail, and then just wait for the time to pass when you get to actually live the dream because it happens. So what happens. I visualized running the speech path right here every single day. I visualized scanning my fingerprint, hearing the little doo-doo-doo, getting in the gate, walking into my building and feeling air conditioning, hitting my sweaty skin, pushing the elevator button, riding an elevator and walking into my home in this building. I envisioned it. I visualized it every single day for months. And now that is my life. It's not coincidence. Dream it, visualize it, and then be super duper unsurprised when it happens. That's my advice. So that's my Paris, my Paris adventures wrapped up. I'm sure I'll have more uh, thoughts about that to come, but that's all I have for you today. F not from Perry, but about Perry via Miami. That's all I have for you today in this episode. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing this podcast and these episodes that you love. Thank you for sharing them directly with your friends, with your social media. It means the world to me when I see online that you've shared this podcast. The best way for you to share it, honestly, is to send a link directly to somebody that you think would get something out of this podcast. Because saying, hey, I have a podcast for you is great, but sending a link where they just have to click is much more powerful and makes it easier on them. So send them a link. You can do that through iTunes, through Spotify, through Anchor. It's really easy. Also, if you could let me know, I would just love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you learned or what you felt when you were listening to this episode or any of my episodes. You can find me on Instagram. I'm destination underscore begin. Send me a message there or leave a comment. You can also leave a review on iTunes. Leave a five-star review would be so great. Um, and you can also email me, Kristen at destinationbegin.com.